ain't had nobody to give me no hope. I hope my mama ain't doing no coke. I used to wish that my daddy was living. I had a dream that I seen him a ghost. I used to end up when I went to school. Thought it was cool, but I really was hurt. One in my family to cut in my games. My mama could make it cause she was at work. Remember my grandma, she took me to church. Really no, I ain't wanna go. Remember I kissed my aunt in the casket and her forehead was cold. I was like four years old. We can afford no clothes. Welcome to Culture Bias, where we discuss everything in the culture, for the culture, by the culture, excluding the vultures. I'm your host, O. I am Mark Mitch. And I am Jazz. And that is Jazz. We got a very special guest. To you, they talking today, they talking today, man. Uh, we got a very special guest in the building today. Want to state your name, gangster? David Quinn Montgomery. Happy to be back here, man. Family. Yeah. Family to the pod, man. Yeah, man. A lot of years in, man. For sure, for sure, my dog for life, man. A lot of years in what, yo? Us, man, we've been been around each other. Nah, man. How did y'all meet? From Marshall Street, man. In the neighborhood, grew up in the same neighborhood. Sue's just as goofy back then as it is, man. Ain't nothing changed much. Mm -hmm. I'll be serious, yo. This is all seriousness, yo. I don't know. Nah, yo. Nah, yo. Not at all. Not with you, yo. (laughs) Not with you. Never, dog. How y'all been, man? I feel like I haven't seen y'all in a long That's time. That's what I said. Man. I said that to her. It feel like it's been a while, but like, um, I ain't see you in a week. She yeah. was like, uh, a week yeah, and a few days. Yeah, a week. Yeah, yeah, a week and three days. We record on Friday. Well, we we, we still yeah. try to figure this thing out. I mean, Friday to Sunday. Trying to catch up yeah. with my work around my schedule. Jazz been super busy, man. Don't throw me in it, yo. It's your schedule. You be dipping you out keep- on shows. Even in the middle of performances, <laughs> y'all talking too damn long. Nigga said you on some Bobby Brown shit, cause go, yo, y'all taking too long. You on a tour bus? We need had to get out of here. I had to, had to get up with the fiends. <laughs> Got to pop it out there. Yeah, yeah. that sound like some honey. I heard you. My dope they, block. They said you block like Chick Fil A line, cause yeah, on Sunday. <laughs> damn. <laughs> That's how it is. You got bro. the best fiends ever, cuz. Like that, yo. Just like that. I hear you. I hear you. Oh, uh, tell them what today's episode is about. We gonna, today we're gonna talk about something that's needed, needed to be heard in our culture, man. Um childhood trauma and understanding it. I got some stories to tell today, too. Mm. You know what I mean? And I ain't, I ain't, I ain't healed from them. Toronto Street <laughs> shit. Oh, you go, you might get a couple <laughs> Toronto Street stories. You got, it's a big one for Toronto Street, man. Toronto Street shit. Damn, dog, you in Toronto with it? That's why. I, that's childhood shit, right? Yeah, that's that's part of being a dirty North Philly young boy, man. Mott lived around the corner from me. They did. We didn't even know. Guys, <laughs> man, you was on the op block. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man. How childhood childhood trauma affects us today as adults, man. Shit is real. Um, let's let's jump into our how our weeks went, man. I had a rough one, man. John, can you play my song, please? This song is depressing. Used to play the hall of fifth floor. Me and my boys, we all poor getting high. Yo. <laughs> this song is very depressing. The beat, it's inspiring because the hook is be like, the hook when he when he even when he start off when he say whether we dribble out this motherfucker, 
work hospital second floor. That like I work in the hospital, so it was like, so my week went was, was fucking rough all week. Um, started off the week, uh, went to work on Monday. I wasn't supposed to go in. My supervisor called me and they was like, yo, we need you to come in to work bad. But I felt horrible already because I woke up at two in the morning and didn't go back to sleep. So I'm like, all right, I'm gonna come in to help the team be a team player. Go in, start working, do a job. Sat down after I did it. Just felt really tired, really tired. And I, uh, like I have, my hand was like leaning on the desk. Like I fell asleep. Then when I woke up, it was kind of numb. So I'm like, what the fuck? So I'm shaking my hand, like, what, what, what the fell in my hand? So I told the old head of my job, I'm, like, I'm going to the ER. He like, yo, you need a wheelchair? I said, fuck no, I'm walking to the ER, man. I have a thing against getting in like the hospital shit. Like I could do all this shit by myself. So I go down. I'm like, yo, I just feel really tired. They so they ran a whole stroke protocol on me. Yo, boom, boom, boom. Nah, you cool or that? They run your blood pressure. Like, your blood pressure is high though. We're gonna sit sit down. We're gonna run some tests on you. So they ran from top to bottom. Ran tests on me. I was in the fucking ER for two days, for two whole days, like two of them, because hub so overcrowded with patients. They, they don't have nowhere to put them. So it was like, <laughs> I luckily I went through the back of the hospital where the employees come because if I don't went to the, in the front. VIP. I would have been, yeah, I would have been. You, uh, you put you in the VIP. I'd have been in the front of the hospital and would have probably never been seen because obviously it doesn't matter if uh, if you work there or not. Dog is always priority. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, they're going to treat a gunshot room over, over high blood pressure or such and such or right. exhaustion. So I got an MRI, all these tests running all through the night, everything. Come back. Everything come back. They said my blood pressure was elevated. They wanted to get it down before they let me go. Uh, and just, that was that. And it just was just tiring. I mean, uh, after that, during, also during the week, childhood friend of mine got killed uh, on my mom's block. So it's just like, it's just a lot of rough shit, man. Trying to keep my head up, man. But this was like a really, really trying week, man. Uh, I hate to always like I hate even being the bearer of bad news. Even when something wrong with me with me, I don't want to be the person like like tell everybody. Like, you know what I mean? So I know I like a couple of my homies probably was like, yo, why wow, Owen tell nobody he was in the hospital or blase blase. Just that, you know what I mean, I just didn't feel the need to bother people with my shit. You know what I mean? Like, let me deal with this and then I'll get back to y'all. But I apologize if y'all feel some type of way. You know I mean? Um Thanks for sharing that, by the way. That was really cool. Right. I want to recommend go see a therapist. Okay. Because I just went through the same thing. I thought it was physical. I thought my entire body was all messed up. I thought yeah. it was stomach, gut, whatever. Went to saw a therapist and I have massive anxiety. So right. just from one person to another, I think it's great that you can talk about it. I'm kind of doing that too. Sorry to step in on you, but just wanted no, to mention too because I, I appreciate that. I care about you, man. Because I appreciate yeah. it. And then it was like, like, it was like, dog, you working a lot. I've been working like one week, I worked six days, take one day off. Then one day, I worked seven days straight. So it was just like, I know I've been doing a lot, right? I mean, and, so. and and you know it's just like a out the blue situation. If right. we don't nobody know that it's exhaustion, yeah. Versus it might be something wrong mm. with him, right? And if don't nobody know, so that's probably why everybody be like, mm. "Damn, like yo, what's going on?" Like yeah. now, <clears throat> now we got get in his business and be like, "Yo, now nah, it's, it's not, time." Nah, to- nah, nah I, I want people to do that. Like I'm open about that. You know what I mean, but. Yeah, just yeah, uh, start checking in with your body more yeah, because, like, what he said with the anxiety. Like, I used to get these crazy stomach pains to the point where, like, I couldn't eat. Food would just hurt. But I'm an overthinker, 
Right. And when I was realizing that I was getting into these, it would really stop me from eating. I would throw up. I would be really, really hurt. But when I started like researching how your body, like the things in your mind manifest in your body, and it was like anxiety really attacks your stomach. Right. And whatever attack, attacks your personal stress, like try to get that under. Because a lot of people think like I can do X amount of hours in a week. Like mm-hmm. I can work six, seven days. That's nothing. I can knock that out. But if you don't think about well, every day might not be the best night of sleep, sleep you ever had. Mm-hmm. Somebody you might lose somebody in a week and you don't have this time and this space to relax or reset or have that moment because you didn't already said I'm going to work this six, seven workday week because right. before all before life happened, you've already put this out. Yeah. Yeah. So sometimes just taking a little break for yourself to kind of relax, see what your body is on and just grieve. Yeah. Sometimes we need that. That's what I was going to ask. I mean, what, he's, what they both said was amazing, but I was going to ask you, like, what do you do for self-care, though? Like, I mean, like, how often you think about that on a day-to-day basis? Like, I don't even know what my self-care is. I think I you put change. a lot of people before you, and I think mm-hmm. that's, like, sometimes that's a noble thing, but sometimes that's very detrimental. Yes. Like, a lot of say we take, we take pride in, like, doing for others and being strong and being the person that you could come to, but, like, when you keep pouring out and pouring out and pouring out and don't Think to fill your cup back mm-hmm. up right you you are your downfall is inevitable mm-hmm. and then when you don't reach out to people and let them know that you are feeling this way we have no way to help you with it right like right. every it, even if it's exhaustion people go exhaustion like that's no you your body is literally breaking down because you are mm-hmm. doing too much right like we gotta that's not a little thing right and, and telling people about that it's like yo it's, it's ways to to help that mm-hmm. i appreciate y'all so yeah. yeah, like I guess like not to glorify and shit, but if something like that ever occurred, I guess you could probably just be like, "Yo, I don't mean to alarm everybody, but I mean I'm in the hospital, right? Just getting some tests done. I'm cool now, but just letting y'all know where I'm at, right? Or you cannot wait until you get to that point where you just like she said, you break it down, right? Like if, I mean, you knew it, no, but I felt it. Like I felt, you felt the it shit coming, right? Coming because it's like dog, that's what I'm saying. You're working too much, exactly, and doing exactly. what you gotta do to prevent that. From and it's like every again. time, right. like every time I've been in this position where I feel as though like yo, I'm working too much. I remember last time, like my supervisor called me to come in. I was like, yo, I don't feel like coming in. She begged, begged me, and came in, and I fucking end up getting the flu. But I felt, I felt the <clears throat> my body. Sometimes you gotta say no. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like getting in a rhythm and being okay with saying no. I used to do that a lot. Like um, I used to not want to cancel on my clients. Like I would go in there and like I had crazy. I know a certain period of time of year I have crazy asthma attacks. I would bring my nebulizer, which is like a machine to where you can have your treatments. And I would bring like a humidifier. I got to have a certain temperature or air in the room. I would bring all this machinery so that I could still work. And then I would still get sick. Mm. I'm like, you doing this for other people, but like you are tearing your body down as you do this. Take mm-hmm. my, my boss to be like, Jasmine, don't come in. We're not even allowing you to come in. And I would get better. I had to stop putting other people or just being sad that they got to, you know, these people booked out two months ahead and I got to cancel on them. Mm. Sometimes you just got to do that and it just happens. Right. Well, you feeling better? About your anxiety and everything, you getting the proper oh, me? treatment? Yeah, absolutely. It's actually uh, helped a lot. In fact, um, something that was cool, I never really smoked weed in my life, and now it's actually really helped my anxiety. It's helped me lose actually about 47 pounds. Wow. So it's like Time it's, for O to do awesome. drugs. You know? <laughs> <laughs> time, time to get on a, Let time me know to get if you need something. You always got, oh, got, got some. 
the plug here. Yeah, it's up for you. She, she the chick off the shot. <laughs> yeah, let me <laughs> roll it out. <laughs> Can't see them. That's my favorite cookout song. <laughs> but I've been in a really good groove. I know I'm not, oh, say I'm not that good at like answering texts and all that, but with the school year and, and working and doing a podcast and trying to have a social life and all of that, I, I really feel like I'm getting into a groove that is consistent and, you know, conducive to my mental health because sometimes not doing enough gets me a little depressed. Right. Sometimes doing too much gets me a little depressed. I find a, a good balance in where I'm at right now. Where you at now? I'm at, listen, as long as I can get in the cookout, get in a hobby, get in some work, I'm good. As long Cookouts, as I got, yeah, cookout is necessary. That's my social, social hobby. <laughs> what's that? What's that? Look at how story is Robbie Candles going. <laughs> 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 they all be family events, though. Like, I got a really, really big extended family. Man. From Walt? From what? No, this is crazy. This is my. You gonna say? You know my dad name. No, this was my my nieces. One of my my sister's daughter's family, and my family's so blended that like I call her her cousins and all that, my nephews and stuff. So I went to they cookout. Keep keep the invites coming. That's what's up, yo. Yeah. Let's hear a Mott's horror story <laughs> from from, uh, from the A. Just, uh, <laughs> you could you play my. Uh, I gotta put the video out. Mott traumatized every week. Yeah, dog. Yeah, <laughs> put the little little bum fight snippet out Sheesh. on the internet. I'll put out. <laughs> Go ahead, Jay. Yo, you could play my little joint ski bot. Joint ski bot. Uh, just another wild week at Kensington, Allegheny. That's all. Yeah, just a bunch uh, of wild weeks, cuz. Um, so I'm you no know, throwing I'm throwing this trash away. This dope fiend comes up and he's like pissed off. He yelling and shit. So then he see the dope on the ground and was like, "Yes, it's my lucky day." And I'm right. it 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 fucking me up. Like yo, now I gotta watch. It's a different perspective on luck today. I swept the girl's foot. And she turned around and spit on the next to the broom or whatever. Like, yo, you trying to give me bad luck? And I'm like, yo, you're out here at the dope <laughs> I was getting my fucking work. Your luck get what? How much? Like, like they they both fucked my head up when it came to luck this week. I'm really like, I understand. <laughs> luck anymore right I, um going up the escalator we only got uh one escalator that comes down my man is walking the escalator that goes up escalator only goes up my man walking down it he walking down the john he wondering why he can't get to the step he can't get to the bottom of the damn escalator because he's walking down it as it's going up and then i'm coming up and I'm like, yo, what are you doing, dog? Get out. Like, you going the wrong way. And he started arguing with me. Like, I'm wrong. <laughs> I'm like, yo, this motherfucker stole off, yo. So, right. the whole Kensington Allegheny. That's why my week been. Damn, man. Everything Every been fucking crazy. My dog, that's... I got 
I got probably you gotta get some more stuff. Man. Probably find some more stuff when I go down there. You gotta get restationed. Can't. I showed you the video, yo, when everybody's out there having a good time. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna FaceTime Jazz next time. <laughs> I want to, but then she yelled at you about at two o'clock. She be uh Oh no, it's, be the, busy. It's, it's certain Oh, I thought you meant about the hairstyles, because there's certain hairstyles you can't FaceTime me after certain times. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Mm. I just turn your you camera around. Right on that. Oh, well, like, if if I'm wearing a wig that week and you call me after 10 p.m., the <laughs> wig might be off. Yeah, the week says out. But if I got break, you call me at any time. All the is to take your wig off. Oh, my God. You like taking a bra off? Yeah. It's more, it's like the top, you just, you feel the breeze. It is the air hit the air hit them straight back. Yeah. You be having your beaks up? Can you imagine not feeling nothing? Like, you can't. Are they tight, me? Are they the loose Jones, like Jim Jones? They yo, they go from tight to loose very right. quickly. Very quickly. <laughs> this nails, man. See, <laughs> but I got braids now, so you can call me at any time. All right, yo, I'm man. Facetime Jazz the next time I'm out there, yo. Just Facetime all of us. You need. You all right, I, I'll do that, yo. It's really crazy like that out there all the time. Oh, listen, I seen the video last bro. week. I was like, yo, what the fuck? Let me know. Just call me when you want to come down, man. I give you the tour. Yo. <laughs> Crazy. I give you a tour. You can't be giving niggas tours of fucking kids to the beach. Block, yo. You know what's crazy? It's really a, a a thing to for people to vlog down there. Shit is this is crazy, like, man. People That's, are yeah. very interested in out seeing of town people seeing it on the internet all damn day. Mm-hmm. So they like, I want to really get the experience of how that shit looked down there. Right? Because it mm-hmm. looks movie ish. Very. Like, when you ride through the neighborhood, it's, 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 like that yeah. night we rode down it's, there, man. I was like, yo, this shit is wild. Yeah, and that was like the first time. That shit started really hitting crazy, and it was just like, just like how Jazz says, like people down there, like I really want to see what this shit like, and it just so happened that we came, we had to go that way, and we was like, yo, this shit really is crazy. These motherfuckers really sleep standing up, mm-hmm. hundreds of running them. in the street, just in the street, tents, camping out on sidewalks, trash everywhere, and then they, you know, people come by and try to. You know, feed them and everything. I try to give them, you know, food, water, but that just makes more, just makes the neighborhood more dirty because they don't, they're not hungry, yo. Right. They just want bread and they go buy dope. They're not hungry. They're not hungry. They want drugs. They just want drugs. I want, I want drugs, yo. D rugs. I was about to say that, guys. (laughs) Get out of my head, guys. All they want is the D rugs, man. But I don't know. Let's uh, let's get into the main topic. Let's talk. Let's talk with Dave, man. Let's just let's get some answers about childhood yeah, trauma and understanding I got, it. Be I got trauma from working down there, yo. Right. Um, now I got PTSD from working down the fucking station. I got uh. a question of like how how do you know that childhood trauma may be like manifesting in your current life as something that you may not have addressed? Because mm. I mean, it, it it affects our brain in a way where it can impact our impulse control. You know, so um, it comes out in our behaviors. It can affect our memories. So uh, a lot of times when you see even adults who can't recall certain things or certain periods of their life and stuff like that, that you usually would people more normal people can do that. A lot of time that's associated with trauma. Um, again, impulse control. When you see people react to certain situations, probably a little bit more severely than it was needed. Um, a lot of that is associated with trauma. Um, but a lot of a lot of these behaviors, um, you know, even though we see them a lot, people are unaware that the trauma is what or the unaddressed trauma is what's contributing to these behaviors. Um, you know, even in, if it had, something happened 10, 20 years ago. So 
Um, it's a lot of unaddressed, it's a lot of unaddressed, a lot of people unaware of the trauma that they've had. And, and sometimes people even have trauma that they don't, they, they know that something happened, but they, they didn't think, they don't understand how the impact of it. They didn't know that it was a traumatic experience. I think that's me. I think that's a lot of of different cases. That's a lot of people, especially men though. Yeah, I think that's me in a lot of different cases because it's like, I know that the uh, events in my childhood still play in my mind to this day and they affect me, but I don't know what way, what ways they affect me. I don't know how it fucks my, fucks up my behavior, but I know I was, I was like 10 years old. I was like to, to my, the Toronto, one of the Toronto, Toronto Street story. stories. I was like eight, man. And um, I actually burned down the house. Oh, wow. Yeah. I burned down oh, the house. It was on some bad shit. How, what, I, what, I, what were you I, doing? I, I caught an arson, man. But listen, um, I was in the basement. And this like I just got like you know turned to a little fire bug. Nobody's down there with me. I was playing with matches. Just continue playing. So with how matches. old was you? Like eight. Like eight. I was living in Toronto. I was like eight. Damn, because I just tried to teach Junior how to like uh, a little firework. You know, so now he'll not use the lighter because it was too tight for him. To yeah. Pull. So now I got the. So when I get home. So I'm in the basement. I'm I'm messing with the lighter, and so I'm lighting little papers on fire. Boom, boom, boom. I'm able to like stop them out and stuff like that. But everybody, my mom Dukes is upstairs, sister, brother, they outside doing whatever they do. So now, as I continue to play with the fire and shit, I try to set the, you know, we had an artificial Christmas tree. Set the, I light that up. Boom, I can't turn that shit out. I can't get it out. So now, fire, fire growing. I'm like, I'm, I'm like not moving. I'm just looking at this shit like, oh shit, how am I gonna get it out? So then my brother come in the basement now. It's to the point that it's that big that my brother comes in the basement. He comes and get me. He, he pulls me out of the house. So after that, you know what I mean? We fire trucks is outside. It was really like with Ibit, that Ibit video where the fire truck was outside. Mm-hmm. It was, I feel like it was like that. Uh, they asking me all these questions. I don't really know what's going on. Uh, we, we was out of a crib for, for like three months. Did you tell them like, yo... Like what happened? It was like, yo, yeah, I, I set the tree on fire. And yeah, then I told my mom that ass tree kept yeah, being on like, fire. But it was like I know that we were out of a house for three months. I remember it was bad because we lived at our we lived at our neighbor's house mm. for a while. Mm. I mean, um, my mom was trying to find us a crib. So during that time, it was just so bad because it's like my mom used to smoke cigarettes. She put cigarettes in my bag when I was going to school. The cigarettes rolled out the bag <laughs> in his class. Mm. So kids looking at me like, yo, what time, boy? Was <laughs> <laughs> that Pharaoh? No, this is in Whittier when okay. I went to Whittier. Mm. So after that, it's just like, dog, I'm just having a rough ass time. <laughs> <laughs> Burn the crib down there. You bring a cigarette to school. Little girl see the cigarette that don't like me talking about some, Ooh, we got cigarettes. <laughs> it's so it's like, what, the fuck, what time? But listen, at, like during during this time, my mom never, I never got a beat and I never got in trouble. She never, it was never no therapy or nothing, none of that. And it's just like, dog, that shit just got swept under the rug. Like, mm. why? Like, I and it's like, dog, I know that shit. It, it bothers me to this. Like, it bothers me now. Like, what the fuck? Mm. But I don't know. Like, I don't know what the like how I feel about it and all that shit, man. It just yeah, she. I don't know if she probably looked at it like an accident. Yeah. Damn, and you said she ain't beat you enough, huh? Nah, you she just, just probably was like, dog, kids would be fucking kids, yeah, right. but. You mean? Your mom don't play either. So. Yeah, my mom. Listen, what time my mom did fuck me up? I think sometimes when <laughs> parents don't be hitting us, it's like when it's like a life or death thing. It's like, oh, I could have yeah. lost my yeah, baby, right, so yeah, I'm not yeah, gonna yeah, beat you. Yeah, but yeah. if it was like you was just she found you stomping it out in the yeah, basement, right. she'd have whooped your ass. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
but it was too detrimental to be like, mm-hmm. all right, I lost my whole house. I ain't gonna pop him. Yeah, because yeah. it was serious, yo. And then shout to D, man. He so to come and rescue from the expert, <laughs> how could something like that? Yeah, how could that like still mess with me? As an adult? I mean, um. I just said it. I mean, you saying that you know it was a, a significant event in your life that you know impacted you. You just don't know how. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Um, in in the various ways, like what do you? What comes to mind when you do think about that event? What comes to mind for you though? Like, what's the first feeling that you feel or thought that comes to mind when you think about it? I was bad as shit, man. You think about how bad? You <laughs> <laughs> I was so, a badass. So it's, it's, it's the actual action you feel like that you think more about. Or it was it the fact that what the result was? I was the result. Okay. Was the result. So you feel like you kind of impacted your family in a yeah, negative way. For sure. Okay. That, does that impact on how you make decisions or do things now? I think for sure. For sure. There you go. Because I always keep my family in mind when I make certain decisions that will affect them. Right. I mean? Right. So I mean, it's, it's obviously if you was to go to see a therapist and these are things that you would discuss and talk about and bring right. to light. Like there's a process that you would go through to talk about and address these issues, right? But just like quickly connecting the dots, that's just like an easy way. Like you know, what I'm saying like what, how do, when what do I think about when I think about this event, and how does it affect my my thoughts and my feelings, and then ultimately my behaviors now? So right. how would how would to what he's talking about now, right? Brings me to a question of, I guess like trauma with parenting, like. So say, say like he did that right. Would you think now some kids or some people he'll grow up to like, yo, if I'm getting away with this without any repercussion, now I can go on to do other wild shit, and mm-hmm. you know, hopefully nothing happened to me. You think psychologically that'll that'll go into you know some kids' brains like like saying like you that. See- you basically they, invisible now. Once like, they get away with certain behaviors, right. you're saying like, does that impact how they do things going right. forward? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, when you, I mean, a lot of the, a lot of the kid clients that I have, or even the families that have, you know, kids or teenagers mm. that struggle with behaviors, um, it ain't. Listen, it's not a lot of kids that's just bad, you right. know, just because they bad. A lot of times it was things that they was able to get away with. It was things. That their caregivers allowed to to happen mm. or the way they may have reared them didn't coincide well with having that kid um behave i guess acceptable or have acceptable behavior so it does contribute it, it's like you know it, it contributes to them ultimately becoming a problem you know what i mean when they don't really get checked for stuff so sometimes parents can give you that trauma but not in there not even in there not even knowing Huh? By them just having you in their bed and they're having like their best interest in you, trying to raise you the best way they can. Mm-hmm. But then later on down the line, they can mess you up. Yeah, I mean, but necessarily, I wouldn't necessarily call it like trauma by not checking them. But a, a parents that parents that I've seen that struggle with it, like executively and setting structure and things like that. It's, it's just, I mean, in a sense, the easy way is you're creating a monster. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, like it's, you're going to contribute to them displaying certain behaviors that doesn't that you might not want i wouldn't necessarily say it's trauma um but you're definitely doing it with disturbance yeah so is it more like a bit is a bad kid or a bad parent i i, I always think that it, it, nine times out of ten it comes down to the parents you know what i'm saying like and that's i've doing this for a long time and almost every single time there's something 
Now, there's been a few times where, like, you know, you got some kids that got parents who's super involved, super engaged. Mm-hmm. I mean, they want to do the right things. They might just not know. You know what I'm saying? And they, a lot of parents struggle with, like, you know, when they have multiple kids, every kid not the same. Right. So what works for one kid may not be the same thing, for, you know, for another one. Right. Um, so, I mean, at the end of the day, I think it always comes down to the parents, though. Nine times out of ten, it comes down to the parents. You know, and, and where they strong and where they weak at, and it always is a reflection of how the kid behaves. Okay. You what? think it? Oh, go ahead. I just wanted to know, like, what was your thoughts surrounded surrounding your career, like when you were younger? Because I know a lot of times, like, when I was a kid, or like in high school and stuff, and I wanted to go to therapy, my mom wasn't for it. Mm-hmm. But like, you were you were that self aware to know that. Yeah, you I knew I needed it. That's I knew amazing. I needed it, That's like, true. because I felt like I always knew, like, my personal reason for wanting to go was my social anxiety, and I always knew that I was gay, so I needed somebody to talk about that with. And like not being there, I knew I wasn't able to talk to my parents about it. So I wanted mm-hmm. to talk to like another adult. And I never really looked at my parents like being adults. Like they was just the people who was raising me that like loved me. But was there anybody else you could talk to about? No, because no, because when I when I did speak to well, my friends, but my friends my age. Right. So like the people that I'm coming out to or I'm opening up to are 14 like me. Right. So that's not that's not too helpful and then when i try to talk to like my older siblings or whatever well not older like not all of them but my one older sibling that i was the closest to she kind of stopped speaking to me so i didn't have nobody else to go to and i like tried to i talked to the school counselor but you know that interrupts your class and all of that so you can only go when it's you know it fits into your schedule but it wasn't until my dad who wasn't that involved in my school life convinced my mom that i can go it's like, what do you say to people's parents who child may need extra help and they don't seem like it's necessary or like ain't nothing wrong with my baby. It's nothing wrong with my child. But your, your child is just not comfortable talking to you. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, what, a what's, what's a good like thing that you could say to help that parent? Um, I mean, it's just a part of wanting to be a good parent. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I think a part of wanting to be a good parent is knowing that you can't provide them with everything. Like, you just you can't be 100 percent with everything. You know what I mean? Um, So one thing I like to do is um, when I have new clients or new families that I'm working with, when like the parents are apprehensive about allowing us to come in, allowing me to come in. um, I mean, because it's a scary process. I mean, especially our culture. Like we talked about this last time, like a lot of people. My culture wasn't down with therapy, like you said. Like your parents wasn't for it. Cause so to, to intervene, because it's yeah. like as a parent and your kid probably like say Jazz, she said she probably needed therapy. Your, mm. your parent probably go, man, you don't need no fucking therapy. Right. That's white people shit. Yeah. That's that's how I that's you. That's how I view. ain't get no therapy. Yeah. You fucked up. Right. Like I'm trying to right. make sure I ain't like you. Yeah. So I mean, there's a there's a barrier there, but honestly, I feel like it's getting better. Um, but there's still there's some apprehension. So like you know just. Allowing them to see this, that that is actually a strength by allowing your kid or, or you know, connecting your kid with something like that, that, that you're not an expert. You know what I mean? So at the end of the day, you're their parent, but you can't provide maybe some mental health aspects of their life that, that they need. So, you know, just encouraging them to be a better parent by actually just allowing them to use the supports that's available. That's good. Was that traumatic? When you uh, came out? Yeah. You felt like... I felt like not... To this day or... Not to this day, but it took me a long time to, like, be myself. Like, a long time. Like, to this day, like, somebody be like, yeah, so, like, how's your boyfriend? I won't, mm-hmm. um, like, correct them. Because mm-hmm. I don't want to have that conversation. Because I right. just... I know from having those conversations with people, they don't always then, go well. Or, now I'm talking about now. Like, to uh, this day, I still don't always correct people because... 
like a lot of people still be like, well, how did that happen to you? Or how did that? I'm not, it's 2021. I'm not having that conversation mm-hmm. with you. Right. So I would say it doesn't affect me how it used to, but you know, being a teenager and then always hearing and going, I was like heavy into church. So hearing it from certain people that like, you're going to go to hell or this is like something that you choose. It's like, why would I choose something that's going to make people not like me when I'm right. a likable person? It don't make no sense. And trying to trying to come through with my mind, like that would be fucking me up in school. Like that's all I could ever think about. If anybody knew this about me, everybody's not going to like me. Right. And that's, I think it's very hard for like a ninth grader. You're supposed to be paying attention to all this other shit. And like, this is all I can think about 24 seven until I think, what, what was it? 10th grade when I started to go to counseling. And then, like, my mom let me get a private therapist when I was um, in 11th grade. And I think that's what helped me go to college and anything else I did because the people in my house, they they knew what they knew. But nobody was in – no. my mom was at work. Mm-hmm. My dad was in and out of jail. And I got all of these siblings who are living their lives to the best of their abilities. But I'm just by myself for the most part. And I got somebody that I, I could at least come to once every two weeks, once a month. They'd be like, hey – I need help with figuring my life out. Like, can you help me? That was super helpful. So I think I could have. I think it could have been more traumatic than what it was because I got a lot of friends who just like don't get along with their families to this day over it. But and then they what that that's how they came to your corner about it. Or what do you mean? You said you got a lot of friends that like, don't get yeah, along like, with their that don't get along with their family. So did y'all have like a common bond with some of your friends? Um, yeah, I think I think that I think the gay community in general like has a common bond over like you know don't nobody else accept you so like we here for you. Mm. That's why everybody be like what the LGBT. I don't know what all they mean, but that's why the nef- it's so long because you just accepted anybody who are outcast. Like you mm. don't even have to be gay to be in those letters because it's anybody who doesn't fit what society calls you can go into that group where you just don't feel ostracized. Okay. So when when you were able to get like get this weight off your shoulders, how did you feel? Like a better person. Like the the social anxiety wasn't so bad. I became like I started going outside. I started having right. friends. That's when I you started, became a thug. Yeah, like I started. <laughs> I found my group. Like I found like I found myself. Like it was so easy. Like when I was a kid, I always knew how I was, and like I never wanted nobody to notice, so I wouldn't go outside. Like, it stopped me from doing so many things because I just always try to keep myself to, like, whatever normal was like. I was trying to present that so much that I just would not let myself be me to the point where, like, I wouldn't wear certain things. I wouldn't do nothing that just looked like it was a part of this group of people Mm because I didn't know how it was going to be perceived. So now that I don't even have to think about that, like, yeah, it's helpful. Like, you imagine you can't just be my... Right. like, Like, you can't just have a girlfriend. You can't have, like... I can't do none of that. Mm-hmm. Like I gotta, I gotta have a fake boyfriend. I gotta go on prom with this nigga. I don't want to go with him. <laughs> like there's so That's many wild. things. Like That's you, you gotta think that about it. Wild. Like imagine going on all of your life's milestones with somebody you want to be there with, yeah. wearing clothes you don't want to wear. Like like you wanted to dress like the stud. Yeah, like I always wanted. Like <laughs> I knew stud. when I was a kid that like I wanted to dress like like I would. My dad would take his clothes off. I put all my dad clothes on. Like I knew I just wanted. It was something different. But I couldn't, I couldn't go buy my own clothes. I couldn't do none of the stuff. Like, and the stuff that I used to want for Christmas, my mom would, um, my mom would throw my Christmas toys away. Like, that used to fuck me up. Like, damn, I can't never get what I want. So, like, I stopped playing with, I stopped playing with toys. Like, every time I tried to be myself, it would get 
unknowingly knocked down because my parents would just try to like my dad was cool he he had so many kids it was like whatever you wanted to be happy you could but like if i had gi jewels my mom would throw them away if i had um wrestling men she finally stopped throwing them away but she used to be like you're gonna be gay if you keep playing with this ha 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 bitch i'm already there like, <laughs> I hate uh, this, like i'm man. already there and i, I hate like egg, like I ain't never gonna I ain't never gonna be able to be myself. So therapy really, really, really helped me. And I I'm all the way honest with you, um, I had did a, a um a project in college about um we had to pick like something that affected us or whatever. So I just picked some gay shit because I thought I'm like, right, I'm gonna pick, you know, this this but I had did a research on it that a majority of childhood deaths who die by suicide are gay kids. Mm, wow. And it was like People would rather, and I remember this this, this story that happened. This guy killed his son after he came out. He said, I'd rather have a dead son than a gay son. And it's like, yo, you just be faced with so much hate that, like, it do affect you. It's a lot of people that this is affected because people are just so hateful. Like, mm-hmm. especially, I feel bad for men who got to come out. Yeah. Like, it's even worse for you make that gay shit cool yeah like i, I feel like <laughs> i hope and that's the thing even when you try to make like, it cool and try to make it open people always be like well they trying to um they trying to expose my kid to to this that and the third my nephews like when we talk about like they meet my girlfriends and all they they don't don't they don't they don't want a boyfriend because i got a girlfriend Right. Like they don't like, whatever they gonna have they gonna have in life, but uh, people being like, oh, I don't want my kid around that because it's gonna rub off on my child. What? That don't make no sense. Right. So how was it when like when did your family started to accept it? Um, probably like around like nineteen. Like my mom texted me one day and was like, "Are you gay?" Because I saw it on your Facebook. And I was like, yeah. And she just never said nothing after that. So she was like the the biggest one against it? No, Charmaine was actually the biggest one against it. My sister, my mm-hmm. one, one, like we like this, but she was heavily into church at the time. And she was right. like totally against it. She stopped speaking to me. My mom, I think she wasn't against it once I came out, but I think she was against it prior to. I think people don't like things when it don't affect them. But when you know your child is something, I think my, I think my mom knew I was gay and she she heard it from me. She stopped being as vocal about her biases towards gay people. Right. So I think I kind of changed that for her. But she used to say foul shit. Dang. So having to hear that your whole life until you nineteen, or like how gay people just stand a third, or how you only gay because you was around gay people, or something like that. Hearing that rhetoric up until you come out is like take a long time to get over that. Take a long time to feel better right. about that. Doing some of that, doing some of that trauma affect you to this day. Yeah, like I said, I still don't tell people. Right. Like, I still don't feel comfortable telling people as a grown adult. Like, I'm 29, and I still don't feel comfortable because I don't feel like hearing people's mouth. Right. I just want to live my life and, like, not... Like, why you... The fact that people care just be bothering me, so I just I just stay quiet. What you think about it, Dave? About what in particular? Just just Jan's whole story. Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 a, it's a powerful story. I mean, I mean, we, a lot of the agency that I was telling you that we, um you know, have a lot of uh, men in particular that come through this particular uh, agency, uh, Black Men Hill, and um, a lot of them are struggling with their sexuality. Right. Um, or just like in conflict with it. And it's it's a major thing. Like it's, it's um you know, I haven't had a lot personally, uh, but it's, it's, it's a, not not being sure about that part of your life or struggling in that area can be really sh- like hard on your mental health. 
You know what I'm saying? Right. And there's a lot of men, um, people, period. But there's a lot of men that we see that come through the program that struggle with that. So I, I understand that like that whole demographic has a challenge that a lot of people can't can't really relate to. Right. You know what I mean? When you got people who do you especially like do you mostly work with men or I have client I have clients from everywhere. This the particular agency Black Men Hell works directly with men only. Okay. Um, I have individual clients, male, female, um, and children as well, though. So I, I get a little bit of everything. Because I've been trying to get some of like, my guy friends to go to therapy, and mm. I don't know any who have, but what's up with that? Like, just mm. the getting men to talk about their feelings. Like, a lot of my friends who date men, too, is like, it's hard to get them to open up and, you know, be themselves and, and mm-hmm. you do go through a lot like you know you've been in a burnt down house since you were 16 and a lot of times it's gun violence or losing specific people and you never get to talk about that like what is something that i guess relationship wise somebody could do to help their partner feel more comfortable open up and about that type of stuff yeah um encouragement goes a long way but i mean we it's it's a a mindset they got to change. You know what I'm saying? Like as men, we just weren't, we didn't, we didn't come up thinking that that was cool. You know what I mean? Talking about our feelings and our experiences and things like that. Um, but you know, I feel like that men, the world is changing. I think that people are just being under, be more mindful of their mental health period. You know what I mean? And I think that men are being a little bit more open to being vulnerable in that way. You know what I'm saying? But, um, you know, even still, you know, I think setting an example goes a long way though. Like when people see that, you know, the impact that something has had on your life, like how you just now said therapy really helped you when you're able to, you know, show that and they see how it is, is you know, you're functioning more healthy and how they, you know, when you actually give that testimony, it, it gives people the opportunity to want to be like, all right, I want to do the same thing. So a lot of that's that's what's happening a lot with the men. You know, what I mean, when they see other men who look like them, you know, what I'm saying who same age, same, you know, come from the same places or whatever, that's actually going to therapy, talking about this stuff. It encourages them to want to do it too because they can see they can see that the impact that it's having on you. You know what I mean? So I think that part goes a long way. I'm seeing a lot more men being open to doing it because they seeing other guys that they can relate to doing it and, and getting healthier. You know what I'm saying? So So we just gotta make mental health cool. Yeah. Cause yeah. I know I, I know I need therapy, but I have yet to get it. So why? What's the reason? I just haven't it's just like I'm just like kinda like, damn. I don't know. I just didn't do it. It's like, you know how you got something that you know you're supposed to do, and it's like it's on your it's on your focus board or something like mm-hmm. that. And it's like, dog, just take that step and do it. Right. You know what I mean, because it's like I know some of the some of the childhood trauma still haunt me to this day. You feel yeah. like people like let time get in the way. Like you don't got enough time to go. No, it's just too like much going on. It ain't even that. So it just it's, it's not even making. It's just pri- mm-hmm. prioritizing it. And like I know I need to be there. Like that's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. It's like you you putting so much stuff forward. Over that, that, you mean? Yeah, that's you making that. Yeah, because I, I don't, I don't think, I don't, I think therapy, I think therapy is cool. I think it's a son that we all should get. Mm. I mean, because I don't know all the childhood traumas you probably been through, but I know you have some. Yeah, I know you got some shit going on in your head. I mean, like, well, I really think it goes back to what she was saying though. It's not not putting yourself first enough though. Right. Cause you definitely got time. You got an hour and a half, dog. For sure. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Like, uh, and it, then the person that I would want to be my therapist is you. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I feel like we too close. <laughs> yeah. I, you know what I mean? And then it's like, yeah. dog, I kind of want to go to somebody that looks like me. Right. You know what I mean? Right. It was like, right. Cause I, I don't think, I don't think I can go to a, I can't like say, say if John was my therapist, I don't think John could be re- relatable to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, no disrespect. You know what I mean? But it's like, I don't know if like, I don't know if he been through this shit that I've been through. So right. it's like, right. That be the part that's like, dog, 
truth to truth, honest to God, I want David Montgomery to be my therapist. Mm-hmm. That's it. But it's like we're too close. I mean, I know there can't be that element. I mean, that's a real thing, though. A lot. Of, uh, it's somebody, somebody, somebody just to be comfortable you. with. But he could, he, he could get somebody that's like him. Like, yeah. for instance, like when people come to me for like massages, if I just a family member that I, we have that relationship and you don't want that treatment for me, like I got, I got coworkers. Right. Like he has coworkers and it's about prioritizing before things fall apart, before relationships go bad, before, um, like when I, I just recently was going through therapy, we did like a, a six week, um, like work through, like I, she was like, it's a difference between counseling and therapy and however she broke it down. But mm. it was like, I just needed counseling for this period in my time, in my timeline. Like it was a lot going on at work. It was a lot of transitions. I knew I needed somebody to talk to, to just kind of vent like about what was going on at work. And now I'll probably move on to another therapist. It's really like speed dating a little bit sometimes. Like <laughs> it's, it's finding different people who can, and, and I went on therapy for black girls. Like I feel like no I don't feel comfortable talking to certain people or certain genders like right uh, I would like to try a male therapist now but throughout my my therapy I've I've gone to black women of specific age ranges right because I wanted to I guess I guess look up to them or whoever just you know being a little bit older than me you got a little bit more experience so I feel like you gotta it's one of those things where you gotta think about yourself first and think what am I trying to get to because even if you don't need anything specific or you if it's because I feel if, like I don't need anything specific but I know I need it yeah so it's like you, you just going in there and starting to talk somebody could within a few sessions help you with your entire life like there might be things that, that lead to one conversation that leads to another that leads to another you might realize I mean, we might think alright I'm stressed out because of work then you might find out yo work I don't actually like working here anymore well, there's something else I could do. Well, what else was your passion when you was like six years old mm-hmm. and you blah, 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 blah. It, it gets you to the train moving right. to something else. Like I would have never been on this podcast if I didn't go to therapy right. because me talking to people, being in the rooms, like I'm a real introvert. So right. like me being around people would make me so uncomfortable that I never would have came up here. Right. Unless I talk to my therapist, which is like, well, why don't you do it? Oh, because I'm scared of this and the third. They're just people that you know. It's like somebody talking to you like a regular ass person and making it so simple. I'm like, it is just people. Yeah. You had fun when you was doing it, right? Yeah, I did kind of have fun. It's like she asking me the, the most simplest questions. And it's like, damn, I ain't know just getting that little bit off my chest allowed me to keep coming up here with two knuckleheads. And <laughs> knuckleheads. Giving my perspective on something. Yeah, Jazz got on the show because she, she said, yo, it was the actually you was a, you was on the episode. Mm-hmm. And she came at it, she came at us about our when we talk about gender rules. Okay. And she said we got kind of goofy. We got kind of goofy. She had some things to say about Yeah. So I was like, <laughs> if you come up, then yeah. I mean we can talk about it. You could be the female, the female voice of reason. Yeah. yeah. Discuss women without a woman. Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> <laughs> you think it's probably like don't nobody like going to therapy because they don't want people in their business because my mom my like my grandma was raised like that yeah like keep people out your, i don't want nobody in my business mm-hmm. and then now she like raised my mom like that mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. then my mom she basically tried to like raise us like that right. but right. now we all now in the mindset of we know that we need to tell somebody mm-hmm. what's going on with us because maybe they can try to help mm-hmm. if they on the outside looking in mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean that's that's been our culture though, man. For the most part, I mean we all know. Heard somebody say that, or somebody across the street say like, "What stays in this house, what happens in this mm-hmm. house stays in this." Yeah, house. you know what I'm saying. It's like we 
we grew up with that mentality. You know what I mean? And that can be from anything. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's still it's still related to that mindset. You know, There's like a big difference between like telling Shirley up the street what's going on and gossiping versus like going to somebody who legally can't say nothing about what yeah, you just said. But right. they they categorize they the all in one boat. Yeah. Like, it's you, just yeah. how they view it. Keeping you know? people out your business. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. especially if it was somebody white, like, oh, Lord, right. they don't want you telling nobody the way about You better nothing. not go to that counselor at school. Nope. You better not go, go to the, no nurse. They, they, <laughs> mm-hmm. they beat you up in the house. Don't you go to the nurse telling them that, you know, that done whipped your ass and yeah. you know, things like that. Mm-hmm. So it's basically, like I said, I that's what I think is mainly people don't want people. And it's passed down on generation of keep people out your business i think i think that is a part of it but i also think a bigger piece of that is just the relatability part though because we haven't had a lot of black therapists right still don't and even is even more rare we don't have a lot of male black therapists you Mm -hmm. know what i'm saying so you know when 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 people start to see you know they're able to do that with somebody they can relate to and that somebody looks like them they're more you know they're more open to do it or give it a shot so I think it's also that that mindset and that culture you're talking about that we kind of was that was kind of passed down to us. But I think that as we starting to see more black therapy or more that black therapists, more people are feeling comfortable to kind of like step away from that mindset. Is it um like one that is it like one therapist that that specializes in everything, or should you go to a certain like family therapist, relationship mm-hmm. therapist? It like, depends on the situation. Because like yeah. like like just with like family, like if I was to go, it would definitely be for probably like family Family, shit because like just growing up like you see a lot of shit like everybody in my a lot of people used to live in my house back then so you see my my uncle fighting my dad uh my motherfucking uh my brothers and my uncle rolling on my cousin in my room on my bunk bed while you sleep. My brother I know fighting all these stories. My man. brother fighting my cousin, and then you know my other brother. Now they fighting. Right. Uh, and these all different situations of just we all under the same roof, but mm-hmm. it's like <laughs> everybody doesn't mess with everybody. Mm-hmm. That's the and, craziest. And it's shit like it's coming up seeing that. You want to be like everybody. You want us to get along, and then it feels like they do, but no one talks about this shit. No, mm. no one till this day. They may joke about it, but no one like really Talks like why, why, why did we do that? Why, mm. why, why were we fighting over mm. this and that? To fucking my brother barricading the door so my other brother don't come down. It's just like wild shit. Mm. We don't learn conflict resolution. Mm-hmm. Mm. Like our way of like figuring something out is to fight it out. Mm-hmm. Like I'm mad, so I'm gonna hit you. I'm mad, so yeah. I'm gonna do this, that, and the third. And like and that's a way of growing up. It's like hurt people, hurt people. But like For that's sure. so short. We 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 hurt each other every day. Like you come home mad at the world like mm-hmm. sometimes your parent come home mad you do something real small they beat you now your brother says something to you now you go and punch your brother in the right. face because you just got beat so that's just your way of of handling stuff when you upset like i seen it happen a lot like that's just i feel like that's a lot of our way of growing up and like, we don't realize that sometimes it's abuse like 
Everything don't deserve. When I be having my nephews now, I realize how much you don't have to be the kid. You don't. You oh talk yeah, to him. yeah. You, like, know, you could really talk. You could to take him. stuff from. I take everything from my son, and it's just mm. like his Killing. soul just shaking. <laughs> 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 or I send him upstairs. It's like his world is crushed. Like, like oh, I ain't have to punch him or nothing. All that wild shit. How majority of us grew up. Yeah. Mm. And another thing is like, um. Like you said, the conflict resolution and, and it's just it gets swept under the rug after it's over. It's over. Yeah. That's it. Like everything. So, but, what are your tips not- on conflict resolution? Wow. Um, I mean, I don't no, think it's I don't mix think it's- or don't mix. Like, what's your <laughs> what's your knowledge? Do we rumble or, it out or just talk it out? Well, that's you know? what we used to do back in the day. Rumble. Um, yeah. I mean. Um, I think it's all. It comes down to communication, man. It's like you know we haven't, we weren't really taught how to properly communicate. That's a big part of conflict resolution. You know what I'm saying? Like the chime in is like back then, yeah, you, you, you had no say so. Yeah, it was what your parents said, and that's it. And that's just what it was. You ain't got no voice in here, cause right. Mm-hmm. right. Gotta do what the fuck I do. I pay the bills in this bitch. Right, right. And I mm-hmm. mean, you know, part of being a, 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 an effective parent is, yeah. I mean, you want your kid to be respectful. You want them to sure. follow your rules, follow your structure. Um, but you also want them to be, you know, emotionally intelligent as well. Yeah. And you want them to be able to communicate. You know what I mean? So, you know, that kids got feelings, too. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I'm sure that those fights and all that stuff that was happening, I mean, something triggered those situations. Yeah, it was over yeah. drugs and money right. and all that. It, probably, it might have been good stuff, but it might have been bad things, but something triggered it. So, yeah. like, but not being able to know, how, first, don't know how to communicate it, mm. don't know who to communicate it with for it to get addressed. The only thing you got left is to use your hands. Would you... um? So like, what would you think? Not maybe was worse or what's the balance of kids in their trauma mm. versus having a parent there and then having an absent parent? What you mean? So like, you think it'll be worse if the parent's not there? The trauma that some kids go through nowadays, mm-hmm. or if the parent is there? With, in the, the in the therapy with them, or are you saying like this no, in their life? In their life, okay. Because so, it's like, you know, me growing up with I, I grew up with both of my parents, okay. But it still didn't, it still wasn't no way to avoid the bullshit that went on mm-hmm. in my crib. With mm-hmm. the, I mean, my mom going alcohol binges and shit, so mm-hmm. she and left the house for like two three days. So now it was just. Sometimes I'm in the crib by myself because mm-hmm. my brother's running the street trying to hustle and sell drugs. So that's what I'm saying. It's like it's a lot of stuff that if I went to therapy, it just would be straight family shit. Yeah, right. But I'm like, both my parents was in my life and I'm and still bullshit happened. So do you think that it, it was worse mm. or having both parents I think that's kind of like absent at all situation yeah that's that's definitely situation because you can have like like you said like or you got both parents there but if both parents are going through their own things and not being exactly present like your mom was there but then it would be days where she wasn't there because Mm -hmm. she was off doing something else Mm -hmm. or I don't know how your father was but like if if just because you have two bodies taking up a place doesn't mean that they're effective Mm -hmm. so it sounds like when you if you have like somebody could have an outstanding father and no mother and they be fine somebody could have 
an outstanding mother and father and be fine. Somebody could have two trash parents and be fine. It just depends on what exactly affected those people. Yeah, because some people still are like wildly effective, and even, even if they only have a single parent. So then you know the dad issue shit. Like mm-hmm. what you talking mm-hmm. about? It's like that's a real thing. So that's why I was like, so what's the what what would be worse? Like if I would say what he just said is like you gotta remember kids got feelings. Mm-hmm. So every kid in that house going to feel different. Like, for instance, um, me and my sister grew up. We got the same mom and dad. She has a completely different outlook on her, our childhood. Like a completely different. Mm-hmm. Like you That's would how, think we wasn't raised together. Like not, it's heart stars mm-hmm. and horseshoes like for her childhood. And I'm like. We was poor as hell. Like it was, nah, it that, was a that, look, mess. That's, that's the same way. The same way my sister, Stress. sister looks at. It. She say, she say, yo, we was poor. Lights was turned out. I said, dog, I don't remember Not none of that was. shit. It was the best times I of your was, life. Dog, like, I had friends. <laughs> I had Jordans. I had fucking. I was, I was having fun. Mm. She I had got Nintendo. Yeah, I mean, but I, mm-hmm. I see. Like as as we as we grow, as we grown older, older. She tells me her stories and I give her my stories and I'm like, damn, because it just was a complete different growing up. Because like, I'm gonna get into the story real fast. Um, we we had uh, we me and my sister had different fathers. So growing up, I mean, my father my father didn't live he didn't live with us. So my dad didn't live with us. We had we had this man that lived in our house. It was <laughs> my boyfriend. My sister didn't like him. She never told me why she didn't like him, but. My, he used to kick my sister and mom ass. I didn't ever know. I didn't never knew it was hid from me. So during that time, I'm like, I think I got all peaches and cream. During that time, like around that time, I lost my father in September that year. Then I turned around. So the, like, like I guess like the stepfather, I lost. He got shot and killed. He was the first murder of the year in 1992. So it was like when that shit happened, my sister was on a tight time. She was happy. Like, yo, that man ain't near us. He ain't got to be near our family. And just imagine my life being so good and he giving me whatever my I want. And I don't know what my right. sister and my mom's going through. They're right. going through hell. And I'm actually having heaven. Right. So it's just like, it's like I know that plays, a, plays like, fucks me up now to this day. Because it's like, oh, you didn't know that? Mm-hmm. Like, you're supposed to be the protector. You, 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 you're the youngest kid, but you also supposed to be the protector of your mother and your sister. You know what I mean? And I just think that fucks me up to this day too, because it's like, I mean, and then I we never, like I had those two deaths in my life. I was ten years old, and I never got therapy for none of that. Like, how do you feel about like deaths and like mm. childhood deaths and parents not getting therapy for their children? It's not good, man. Um, it's it's crazy. You said I just recently had a few clients who lost parents and things like that was murdered and things like that, and um, it was really never anything to address it like it was they, it was no therapy it was no counseling yeah you know what i'm saying even like when we talked about this before too even like us in the neighborhood when we would lose friends yeah. we didn't have we didn't talk about that stuff right. it was nothing after that you know what right. i'm saying so um i think that that's something that needs to change right you know what i mean um you know especially for our community we don't have a lot of the resources and, and connected to a lot of things where we do when we go through situations like that where kids go through situations like that they get connected with the proper supports right that has that hasn't happened enough in our community it, it needs to change do you think um like the the, the the things that go on with these these uh younger kids growing up like mm-hmm. they see death right. and then the, do you think that affects them like 
like the age they are where you know we, we have so many mm-hmm. so much so much violence mm-hmm. and so many murders do you think that affects the kids now absolutely of course it affects yeah. you like yeah, if you think about it like you just said you was 10 years old and what happened to your step pop he was the first death of the year that, yeah. that death affected you up until you were 30 i don't know how your age but you like 30 something now yeah. It's going to affect you for the rest of your life, mm. especially if you don't get therapy. So, of course, these kids is going through it because we currently going through yeah. it. Like, it's one of those things where it don't go away because time started moving. Mm-hmm. Do you think it make the kids move move how they moving like now? The scariest thing is that is of they're, de- they're just, just desensitized. To right. It. You know what I'm saying? Like, especially coming from the, the inner cities and stuff like that. Uh, you got these 16, 17 year old boys now. They're, they're losing friends left and right. And it's like. It's nothing. It ain't nothing. Like it's like it's, it's like another day. Yeah. You know what I mean? So the, the you know, the the desensitization is is was more scary to me than I mean the trauma is real, but that part right. is just like normal. It's normal. You know what I mean? And it shouldn't be. It's not normal nothing normal about these kids out here dying and getting mm-hmm. murdered the way it is. It's not it's, it's not normal at all. You think that'll affect I mean, them I, later on? Well, he just said in the most nonchalant way ever that you lost y'all lost a childhood friend this week. It was and very nonchalant. Like that's that's, that's like that's being what, numb yeah. to it. Like, yeah. that's, like numb, and I and numb. I told somebody like, yo, I'm really numb to death. Like, I'm numb to it. Like at this point, I'm like very numb. And it's like, damn, I I don't know how to feel sad at points sometimes, man. You know what I mean? We don't even know how to recognize the feeling. We don't know how to process it, how to talk through it. Right. And this is kind of how it's function we function like this coming from we come from all our lives. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's about learning a new way. I mean, knowing how to mourn. Right. There's literally men and people, period, like that's lost loved ones, lost friends, and we never really properly mourned them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so that's a major issue, man. That's, that's something that definitely, you know, it's, it, it plagues our community, but it's, it has to change. Right? Like I told uh, my my sister yelled at my nephew today because uh, he was, he was, he was uh he was, he's back talking her. Like he, he is, uh he's very much like his father in this, in this note. So she sent him up there. He was crying. So I was like, "Yo, what you crying for?" And um, I was like, "They was like, she was like, stop crying, stop crying." So I was like, "I just let him know, like, yo, it's okay to cry. I mean, like, mm-hmm. you don't gotta be the kid that be like, it's okay to cry. It's cool because right. I think a lot of times, like men, we have this thing where we're not allowed to cry about anything. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, mm-hmm. what you think about that? I mean, that's you know, again, emotional intelligence, man. Like we, we didn't grow up thinking that that was okay. Yeah. So a lot of us don't know how to be in touch with that side. Uh, and it's not even just about, you know, it's, it's not even just crying or whatever. That may be a necessary, you know, emotion that you may And, and then this, this, this is what I asked him. I said, did, did, did she hurt your feelings? He said, mm-hmm. yeah. Right. So I was like, right. So just okay, talking you, him do that, yeah. like recognizing that, you know what I'm saying? Cause mm-hmm. it ain't, it ain't, it don't always have to come out with, with crying you know what right. I mean sometimes a, a different behavior could just really be you crying out or actually yeah. you crying but it's not just a physical mm-hmm. there's no physical tears coming out you right. know what I'm saying so um, I think you talking to him and having those conversations yeah. with him is helping him wonders man for sure I yeah. think we definitely need to see how I would say men deal with certain things because women people allow us to grieve people allow us to mm-hmm. to, to hurt or, or, like we could be doing something right now and if I was to sit here and like start crying y'all were like probably I mean people <laughs> tend to feel bad for a woman yeah, or like yeah. get you some water or right. tissue but they don't do the same for men right. like remember when I texted y'all I was like do men like flowers like we don't even know what men like. I don't want them. <laughs> I'm like, what do you do for a man who's going through something? Like, yeah. I don't, I don't know. Like a lot of times, like my, my male friends, they'll lose friends, like or they'll lose like a, a dad or something. Mm. Like it's it's always other males around them dying. I'm like, 
what do I do for this person besides go sit with them and like, you know, I mean, have a drink or something? That's, like, that's, that's, that's it right there. That's it. 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 That's anybody you you doing more than what they would ever expect it just being present just being present okay man or woman like mm-hmm. like dudes need consulting too you know? yeah. like motherfuckers want to be held and you want to be held you want to be cuddled <laughs> up, <laughs> you know? Yo, physical sex is so important and i feel like yeah like we don't think that about about guys like mm. how important it is to have a hug or mm. somebody like feel like somebody is there for you because at the end of the day everybody be like nobody cares nobody's this that and the third and we go through life feeling so lonely we don't have to mm. it's just everybody too scared to say like oh i need a little affection need a little uh, tlc yeah i need that like we we naturally really do need physical touch yeah and a lot of times people just like f love and this that and the third and it's like no we we really have had hard lives like sometimes um, I remember I was trying to get to like my friends. I'm like, oh, why do you people talk like so angry and all that? And it's like when you see how their parents always talk to them since they was a kid. Like it's people who call their six year olds like dickheads. And yeah, yeah, it's like, yeah. It's like, <laughs> like why are you laughing? Like, 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 yo, yo, y'all should be 200% right, yo. Yo, because these parents be talking to these kids man, so fucking yeah, bad, kid, man. Like that child is be looking like, come yeah, on, no, yo. Yeah. Like, yo, you was a stupid motherfucker. Mm, what? No, right. How do you say Beating that to him? your child, yeah, man? Right. And right. it's so normal, like y'all, like because it's like it's, no, it's true, true. It's true. Yo, like we shit. really hear that so often. I, I get I, the fuck off that couch. <laughs> <laughs> I've literally had whole arguments about people talking to their kids funny around me. Like mm-hmm. I'm not no parent, but at the same time, this child is six. Don't call him retarded. Don't call him stupid. Nah, Don't call him none right. of that. And I'm checking a parent, and it's like you got to go home to this. I can only mm-hmm. imagine what mm-hmm. you are going through. Like if somebody calls you stupid at six, you probably you think about you don't got that you don't got too much other stuff to think yeah, about as a six year old. Am I stupid? Am I stupid? They question themselves. You question yourself. Mm. A six year old should never have to question themselves about their capabilities because your dumb ass don't know how to talk to a child. Mm. And I think parents really need to think about what you say out your mouth or what you do around your kids because people start acting all wild and funny like when their kids start going outside and shooting at people like you wasn't letting them play with your gun or play with your stuff when you was when they was kids mm. or you wasn't. Letting them listen to all the music that you listen to or do all the stuff or be at certain things. Like, it's people who take their kids to pool parties. Mm. Why is your child here? Like, it's so many events or things that we do. We make our kids grown, but then get mad when they start acting like an adult. So the thing is, like, I'm glad you said what you just said, because like, if your person is unhealthy and then they become a parent, they're still an unhealthy person. You know what I mean? Unless they get the help until they get the help that they need. So you got a lot of parents out here who are just they're not healthy themselves. So they're not. It's going to come out in how they parent. Yeah, it's going to impact that child, and then that child is going to you know take all that trauma and all that stuff that they didn't get or, or did get that they shouldn't have got, and they're going to become an adult one day. And then the, and the cycle continues. Just, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean, so I just think we have this mindset. Well, are you a mom? Are you a dad? This is what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. But if they if they already unhealthy. Having a child ain't gonna miraculously fix that, you know. Yeah. So some people think that too. And, and it ain't like, the case. I need love, so God gave me a son. Nah, I needed to. I needed nah, to affection, work. so God gave me a daughter. It's like, yeah. no, you just got somebody pregnant. Now y'all have a child, and you're not gonna <laughs> like this child isn't this miracle worker who's gonna mm-hmm. come in and like Jesus to just turn your life around. Mm-hmm. Like no, like you need to be set up in a, in a good person before this child gets here, so that 
you don't mess up their mm-hmm. mindset. Right. And I think a lot of people, even if you just a parent, like I don't have nothing to think to 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 talk about. If you think I don't have nothing to talk about in therapy, figure out whatever your bias is before your child comes out. Or if you mm-hmm. already have a child, just think about some of the things that you do say to them or do around them that might not be healthy that you don't even know of. Mm-hmm. Like my my parents always or like being in, in environments where like somebody always fighting or somebody always shooting. I cannot hear fireworks without being scared. Right. Like that's 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 traumatizing. It's like think about like the neighborhoods that you put your child in, the school. So my sister had brought up somebody. I'm not going to bring out the person name, but is a very popular person in Philly, and like their child, um, like went to jail, and it's like, well, they that that person did this, that, and the third for that child. Why would why? How did that child turn out like that? Well, if you kept that child in that same environment. Letting them do hood stuff, letting them do what their friends do. It doesn't matter that that person has money. They're just going to fall mm-hmm. into whatever it is they see. We don't realize that we we need to start putting our kids into things that we see and do better. Mm-hmm. Like when you was like, and if you don't have no interest in basketball, right. make them have an interest in something else. Because the, the idle mind will wander and you will right. be outside doing whatever it is that... If you never needed to rob or shoot nobody, if your friends get into it, you gonna do it. With them, yeah. Like, but we keep, we keep just letting our kids go outside. No, we don't have plans for them for the summer. They just outside with their friends. They gonna get into something bad, and then it's not the parent fault. But also, you didn't have no plans for your child. You didn't have them it, no it's, programs, it's, it's no so, nothing. It's so crazy because it ain't no, there's really no programs. Parents can't even afford summer camp. Like, if I talk, they can. Because like, wait, 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 like. Only time we went to camp, Dave, is when we went to Rashid Wallace camp. Mm-hmm. That was the only thing we had to look forward to the summer. Mm-hmm. But we were, see, we were the type of kids that we had. We, plan, say we, we planned had, shit for yeah. ourselves. It's mm-hmm. like, all right, we're going to play football this day. We're going to play mm-hmm. basketball this day. Mm-hmm. It's hot as shit. We're going to the pool. Mm-hmm. Like, we always had activities that keep us, you know I mean, keep us doing something. Mm-hmm. But we I mean? had a different style of parents than we had. Like, a lot of these parents, like, I don't want to hear that this, that, and the third costs too much when you just pay 8500 to get your body done. You know that, yeah, or you just yeah. rented a Hellcat for the month. Like, you can afford... A lot <laughs> yeah. of times... I'm talking to the people who do stuff like that. Yeah. Like, it's like, I, don't, I almost don't know nobody who don't have no surgeries. So, like, if you could get your chest done, you could also pay for Little League for your son mm-hmm. for the summer. Mm-hmm. Like, there's, there's prioritized. Like, you didn't went and bought from this PPP money, all the Gucci, all the Louis flip-flops you could buy, but your son and your daughter, you it's too much for them to go to camp. I mean, hey, they gonna grow out that shit. They ain't gonna, like, don't need that. Like, you would rather I, buy your kids I need these clothes flip-flops, over, bro. like, there's, there's been times like that, my dad used to buy us clothes over paying for us to go to, on a field trip. Mm. Why? Why? Because that was your priority. That Like, an experience means more to Me what more. that child gonna wear. And we just don't prioritize these things. So sometimes, yes, there is these, there's not enough opportunities. But honestly, you can't ride past nothing that don't have a school program. I feel like I ride past a a different type of something every day. Like, it's available. Are we taking our time to look for it? Are we taking our time to see if our, what our what our child's interests are? Are we willing to drive that extra half hour to an hour to that child uh, is their event? We be willing to go to Miami to go to a party, but we won't be willing to take that extra mile to do this for our kids. I don't understand it. Right. I hear you, guys. Talking. I want to know who took this kid to this pool party. Yo, that's <laughs> yeah, <man. laughs> They shall remain they nameless. They to, to get in, yo. They shall remain nameless, man. Um. I don't know the person personally. They was just, um, they was 
being like interviewed on some type of live type thing and they was saying like what was their mess up it was two parents and they was doing like a co-parenting like us telling her how we co-parent and some of the things that we messed up at and the father was just saying to the mom like yo i never told you this but i took our son to a pool party when he was a baby and i had people there watching him it was his week and he had to get there what you wanted to do (laughs) right and it's like yo that's that's crazy you got a kid around blunt can't be missing shit you can't be missing you can't be just missing out on shit because a stupid baby (laughs) Uh, dave um yeah growing up you know growing up um how do how do you change the stigma of like parents like i grew up in a household where we wasn't told we didn't say i love you Mm. We didn't give up. We we weren't affectionate. Mm-hmm. So how do you change that stigma going forward? Lead by example. Right. You, 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 yeah, you you start because I no I do yeah, I do it like right. So I mean I, I grew up in a, a similar household, mm-hmm. you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying. And um, so it was something that I I struggled with. It wasn't that I didn't want to do it, but it was just something I just wasn't accustomed to. It wasn't right. Some, and then what happens is when we kind of grow up in a household like that, it starts to come into our relationships. I right. Yeah, relationship and that's what it kind of that's you know where it hit me to right. where I had to start and be mm-hmm. taught to right. be more affectionate. Mm-hmm. Teach mm-hmm. me how to love. Right. My bad. <laughs> so so being aware of it <laughs> is the first step. You know what I mean? Yeah. Understanding that that's like something that you didn't get, something right. that you know that you want to change, whether it's in your family or in your relationship, whatever. Right. And lead by example. Start doing it. Sure. Be more mindful about it. You know, and be okay with being uncomfortable, like you said. It's uncomfortable at first because I remember my family, we made a conscious effort to start doing it. Like, mm-hmm. we'd be around each other a lot, but um, my sister's a nurse and she was losing a lot of clients. And, like, we started noticing every time she would lose somebody, she would text us, like, I love you. It was mm-hmm. like, we need to stop making this, you know, when something goes wrong, we do it. So now every time we see each other, we we, we say, I love you and we hug each other. Yeah. Right. And, like, we got, it's two people who don't like being hugged. Like, so what? Like, you just gotta, you gotta mm-hmm. get through this. Like, it's, it's okay to Cause you gonna miss them hugs if that person not around no more. Mm-hmm. Right. And we just live in a day and time. It don't matter whether it's gun violence, cancer, um, a car accident. We are not promised yes, like the next sure, second. Sure. So you gonna miss them hugs when they not there no more. You gonna wish you did it more. So sometimes you just gotta be uncomfortable and be like, "Yo, I love you." Like I tell my friends all the time. Like mm-hmm. when I leave you, I love mm-hmm. you. They be like, "What, yo?" I be like, <laughs> "I love you," and they be like, "I love you too." Or like one friend, she be like, "Yo, get get off me! I don't like. Yo, I'm not. I don't know. When, I don't know the next time I'm see you. Cause I have I have female friends that have been like shot too, mm-hmm. just for like being in the wrong place, at the wrong time. So you you don't you don't know when the next time you gonna get that person. So you do just right. gotta like spread the love. And it's gonna seem Joe at first. It'd be like, I love you, or awkward. <laughs> and if the person like my little sister don't ever say it big, I don't think she even knew to see it. But I'd be like, I love you. I love you. Mm. I love. I love. Mm. Or then she's like, "Oh, I love you too." Like you just right. gotta keep, keep it up. Mm. It's gonna become. It's gonna become natural. But I think sometimes we we be like, "Well, I ain't never do that as a kid. My kid don't need it. They do, cause you don't. You don't even know what you missed by not having it as a child. Right. You don't know the impact that could have had on your love life, your personal life, your your you you know. Sometimes we go in places on edge and we think everybody don't mess with us and, and be like, yo, everybody thought you was cool, but in your mind you just so on go with the negative because that's how right. we was raised. Sometimes it's like you on you and you in there on some back against the wall shit. Yeah, and it's not for that. no reason. And, and, and sometimes we don't think like that's that's our trauma. That's our yeah. that's our past, and everybody's not the same. Yeah. But we carry it with us and we move like everybody is the same. It's like, no, nah, right. you just got to change. Right. Would you say that's still a challenge for you, Earl? Like far as um, 
you know, displaying that. that nah, system. not at all. Not at all. I tell, I tell all my friends, my family, mm. I hug that shit out, man. Yeah. I like I like it, actually. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. You know I mean? How do you feel like it's impacted the people around you? Like, or in your family? I think everybody, I think they gravitate to it. They yeah. gravitate to it. Okay. You know what I mean? So... Do it make it because this comes up a lot on the show about talking about things that happened in the past mm. with y'all being more in a better space, like more loving and all of that. Does it help you want to bring up some of those events For that sure. happened? For sure. I was talking to my mom the other day about um her relationship with her and my, fa- her, her and my father because I, I, uh, <laughs> I think we was on the show. I think we were talking about um I was joking about, yo, your mom probably left. No, your dad probably left you as a family because your mom was probably out here being a whore. So on the calm, I was trying to figure out like, yo, what y'all, how was your relationship and why y'all didn't live together? You said you your, your grandma? No, no my mom. mom. You know I mean, so I just we just your mom. About who you said was trying to be who was a whore? His mom. I'm like, cause I'm not saying my no, I'm not saying my mom was a whore. I'm saying like. It's certain relationships like I see why niggas be leaving their girlfriend because right. they lead a whole relationship and lead a kid. No, but I, but you can boy. you can say that about your mom because mm-hmm. here's the thing: people start to be like, "Oh, this generation, this, that, and the third, or or like like people wasn't whores before. Like my grandma was oh, married to man. no, not that grandma. <laughs> Listen, oh my god, I got yo, all my grandmoms was bad. <laughs> so growing up, my grandma. That grandma who was on that shit, her, <laughs> she was very light, right? Right. And her siblings, like, it was like, it's like, it was 14 of them, but I only knew about 10. But half of them were very light-skinned and looked white, and half of them looked black. And I always wondered, like, why was that the case? My grandma had half her kids by her husband and half the kids by the neighbor. Oh. So even though my grandma was built, born in the 50s, it's like... Your grandma could have been a whore. Like it's, slower, it's, it's okay. Like it's and it's it's, it's fine. It's like people don't want to mention it. This ain't nothing Cracking new. Up <laughs> Should be the name of your first book. Your grandmother could have been a whore. Your grandma could have been a whore. Like that's I just, I like like but and like now it's like it's easier to have certain conversations. Yeah, you know I mean? it's, it's pretty dope. I can I can talk to my siblings about anything at this point. You know? So. Just that love, that love opens doors for everything else. You know I mean? We need my in therapy because we need my to open up. I'm I'm open. I'm open book. <laughs> episode, I'm open book, look, yeah. man, episode one eighteen, man. This is a good one. Wait, before we go, can you just tell people how they could find like black women, women, whoever, ch- for children therapy? Like, mm, what's yeah. some resources that they could look at? Um, yeah, I mean, you know, there's a lot of uh, agencies out here that provide a lot of uh, therapy in different ranges, whether it be family, one-on-one therapy. Um, there's a bunch of different agencies out there. Um, I. I Gonna be able to name all of them off the top of my head. But like, what um, could they put into Google so they could be like, okay, well, I might mm, need to find a therapy, f- family therapist. Mm, like, do mm. they just put in where they live? Yeah. Do they like, go through their insurance? Yeah. Like, I mean, obviously, when you you type in, you know, therapy in my area, therapy okay. therapist near me. You mm. know what I'm saying? Like, it's so much access now with the internet. So, um, you know, you can start there. Um, and obviously, you know, if you're looking in for something particular, like if you want like a family therapist, something like that, you can start, you know, kind of narrowing down the search even more. Um, but there's, there's, there's really a lot of verses out there now, um, far as, you know, but you got to find it, you got to seek it. And I, like you were saying earlier, it's good to find a match. So don't, I, one thing I like to tell people, don't get discouraged when you don't find somebody that fits you right away. You might got to go through one or two or even maybe three. You know what I mean? I know people don't always want to go through that process, 
but it's important to find a, a person that fits you. You keep shaking you. your head, man. You you dog, it's, over. <laughs> it's over. I'm coming today. Dog, it's over. Yeah, you're going to tell him all these stories you know? and be like, I know this already. Yeah, you're you going to figure that yeah, shit out together. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and it's like you, it's over, these, 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 these therapists, they have, you know, like credentials and things you can look up and like, you know, see the type of people they usually work with, demographic they usually work with. You can get information on them. So it's not like you just always coming in blinded, mm-hmm. you know. So, yeah. It's, Where can it's, we find you? Um, my name is David Quinn Montgomery. Um, David Qu- underscore Quinn on Instagram. You know, um, if anybody, you know, usually people inbox me directly. Um, David Quinn Montgomery on Facebook. You know, if I, and if I'm if I'm not a good fit for somebody, I always you know direct them to other people. I know a lot of other good black therapists. You know, of all cultures and everything. So, um, I'll if I can assist with connecting somebody with the right, right person, I, I'm willing to do that as well. Episode one eighteen, man. Y'all got anything to say before we wrap? Make sure y'all like, comment, DM us, get on our social media. Did you get any questions? We ain't get no fucking. No, we got. Now, we got what's a couple up with y'all, man? man? Yo, why y'all want to talk to us? Damn questions. Get them. Qu- get, get them DMs. Get them Slide DMs. our DMs. Slide definitely. Slide in jazz DM. DM. Yeah, let me know. <laughs> Come holler at me first. Slide it. Slide it. I don't DM know what first. that's about. Just that. Come holler at me first. But no, thanks, man, for coming y'all. on the show again. Dave, oh, man, man, I appreciate y'all. Man. I love coming. We, got, man. we always get a lot out for the people. Um, I always try to give information, just you know, build up the culture, man. Yeah, so we appreciate, we appreciate the you. Thank you. Appreciate Rate, review, subscribe. Episode one eighteen. We see y'all next week.